Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the club ruthlessly delivering justice for their loyal fans in emphatic fashion. I am Laurie Dunsire, jubilant, um, I was going to say as always, but not as always if you've been tuning in for the last couple of years, joined once again by someone who is hopefully equally as jubilant, Mark Donaldson. The joy of six, when your manager hopes that he can pump the opposition on day one and then it happens, that's good enough for me. What a what a fantastic Friday. And for anyone who's only Dundee, I don't care. We've waited long enough for competitive football for our team since March when we were rubbish last season. And that was the culmination of our rubbishness. <laughs> and now we're good again. Now, you can only beat what's in front of you. But my God, did we give them a pumping. Oh, we did indeed. Um, 189 days after a Dundee email mysteriously went missing, some degree of karma was dealt out at Tynecastle Park. And we will talk, of course, about Heart of Midlothian 6, Dundee 2. Uh, very shortly, we will also look ahead to Hearts' next game, which will be away to our broth again on Friday night, as we look to, I guess, yeah, enjoy our weekends again. So Heart of Midlothian started their campaign in the Championship with a game against Dundee, and we billed it last week as a grudge match, and I think many fans felt that way ahead of this game after all the nonsense that's gone on in the last six or seven months. Um, let's look at the team for us for our, to start us off because there was a lot of changes and we expect we expected a lot of changes because Hearts played effectively a second string against Wraith Rovers, which we spoke about on the last podcast. And it meant that only Stephen Kingsley remained in the side. Um, Craig Gordon in goals, Michael Smith on the right, Craig Halkett the captain with Popescu beside him in the centre, Stephen King- Kingsley moved to the left of the defence, Ollie Lee and Andy Irving the central midfielders with Josh Janelli right, Roberts left of the attacking three, Jamie Walker in the ten and Liam Boyce up front. Now given that Peter Haring Andy Halliday and Stephen Naismith weren't fit or ready yeah. for a start, as far as we understand. Probably the best side we could have put out, really. Yeah, Craig White would feel hard done by scoring yeah. a, a hat-trick, but he was only playing in that game against Wraith Rovers because Robbie made as many changes as he did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you if you keep telling a player that any time you got an opportunity, keep taking it, there's going to come a time where you can't ignore him. Uh, but with the formation, I, here, here's an interesting thing as well, because I was lucky enough to, to I suddenly got the formation earlier in the day and I had most of the players. But I was told it was a 4-3-3 and I thought, mm. when we saw the lineups, you're like, that's that's pretty much a 4-2-3-1 or that's so we thought. <laughs> but then with Jamie Walker dropping deep, uh, it, it kind of at times was like a 4-3-3. Yeah, that's what they've been working on in training the 4-3-3 with Jamie, Jamie Walker um, deeper with Robertson and Ginelli getting involved but but pushing on. Which brings us to the question, with, with no Naismith unused, because he wasn't ready to go, he wasn't 100% fit, 
would Jamie Walker have been as effective if Stephen Naismith had been in that side in a central role? Possibly not. And it's interesting we talk about formations because a lot of formations are inter- interchangeable. And the thing is, a lot of formations are yeah when you've got the ball and when you've not got the ball. And you could easily call it 4-3-3. Or four two, you know, obviously Walker would push up, and suddenly it would be a four two three one when you're attacking. So, yeah, it can be horses for courses sometimes, can't it? With certain formations. Um, I, I thought he was good though, Jamie. I thought he was really good. He was, yeah. Um, didn't get on the score sheet, but I think he got was it two assists? You got You kind of lose count, don't you? When um, when you bang <laughs> on six goals, it's been, it's been a while. Uh, yes, I mean Dundee. I'm not going to go into their full team, but they start with three at the back, which is. Um, what we expected, uh, which is what James McPake had been working on. Jack Hamilton, formerly of Hearts and Goals. Jordan McGee, the captain, formerly of Hearts, of course. Charlie Adam, Graham Dorans, uh, Paul McGowan, all central as well. And Osman So, maybe rather surprisingly, started up front. And quickly on Osman So, you know, I, th- I thought he was terrific for Hearts, a fantastic player. And it, it, it's a bit sad to see his, his career just has stuttered so many times yeah. since he left Tynecastle. And I said at the start of the game, I was like, well, as James McPain remembered, he's only got three subs in the championship because Osmond So will have to go off. And yeah. he did. And yeah. it, it, um, I guess it kind of sums up a lot of the Dundee team. And it, Charlie Adam maybe sums it up well. There's some good players in there, technically good players and experienced players. There's not an awful lot of legs, is there? No, and they didn't look fit. No. I mean, it was pretty clear that Hearts had had many games... Um, both Betfred and, and pre-season friends, Hart looked so much sharper. Yeah. And, and that was telling. Charlie Adam wants to be the best player in the championship. I'd be very surprised if he's not. Um, because I, I think what will happen with, out with Hearts, I would say. Um, because Hearts will probably share the goals around. But as a player, as far as importance to a team is concerned, yeah. you know what you're getting. You're not buying legs with Charlie Adam. You're buying uh, an ability to score goals like he did. Ably assisted by some woeful attempts at tackling <laughs> from Andy Irving. Um, and I don't know if it was Halkett or Popescu he then got by. I think it might have been Halkett. Um, great finish, and there was nothing great yeah. could, could do about it. A couple of things on their lineup. Um, I'm not, Jack Hamilton, oh, goodness. Oh. Yeah, I'm struggling to see how he stays in that lineup if he continues to perform like that, because I was never sure. I just, I always felt I'm like a bit of a nervous um, kid, when he was when he was in goal for Hearts, I never it wasn't the kind of goalkeeper I felt I, I could trust, and it's the same now. Yeah, uh, with 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 Jack, I, I feel um, I do feel sorry for him because I knew him reasonably well when he was when he was at Hearts. But he's a nice, he's a I nice think kid, I said that. Yeah, does, which which doesn't make you a great footballer. It's one of those I remember. I think I told the story before where he was on with me away to Ross County. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, the ball came flying over towards us and he kind of just ducked out the way and it just flew past both Phil Turnbull and my head. And he was, and we just he both ducked. turned to him. He's a goalkeeper. And yeah, we both just yeah. turned to him like, wait, would your reaction not be to catch that? I mean. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but... so, so I, don't, I don't think he's, he's, he'll end up being the answer for Dundee, um, which is a shame. Nice kid. Uh, do they stick with three? I, I don't know. I mean, that's what they've been working on right now. But Charlie Adam will be a very good player for them. And, yeah. and Dorrance, when, when he's when he's fit, but you're right, they they need legs. If you're having Charlie Adam in that midfield, you need someone around him. You do, because it was like he, he was probably what their their best player in possession and maybe their worst out of it. I mean, there was a point where 
it, it didn't come to anything in the end, but Jamie Walker got in a foot race with him. I think it was Jamie Walker, who's not especially fast. And, no, I, and, and he, he was five back. or six yards behind him. By the time he got to the ball, he was 15 yards ahead of him. I mean, it, yeah, it, slower than a night in the jail, I think, would be the, um, <laughs> the, the central that's a, that's bit. That's an interesting point about that, because there was a couple of games in, in the Betfred where Jamie put the ball by defenders, and I'm thinking, OK, on you go, and there was nothing there for Jamie. Uh, and the other guy was all right. He was quick enough. But Jimmy doesn't have that burst of pace. No, he doesn't. I re- recall if he's ever had it. Um, he's got a lot of technical ability. No, um, he, he could he could always carry the ball quite well at his yeah, feet. Yeah, but, but he, in he, terms he, of he actual acceleration, rapid. not that I've no, really ever remembered. So he's, he's not lost what he hasn't got. The other thing is as well, Charlie Adam is, is to Dundee right now what Larry Kingston was to Hearts. A lot of ability, but um, you've got to have someone around him that'll, yeah. that'll do his running. Yeah. Um, I mean... It started in, uh, and the tone was set very early on for Hearts. You know, three minutes, just past three minutes on the clock. Ball came in from the right. Ginelli couldn't get to it. Michael Smith pushing forward, cuts him past the defender, and a low finish. Which I have to say, during commentary, from my angle, I'm looking at it from the camera angle. I thought good finish in the corner, and then I saw a replay, and like ah, keeper's got to save that. It's it's it's. It, Good play by Michael Smith, and I like to have, love having him back in. You know, you, for, you forget how much he likes to get forward as well. Um, but I guess that just set the tone for, I guess, maybe from a Dundee defensive point of view, as well as a Hearts attacking point of view, because it, it wasn't even like a terrific Hearts move or anything. The ball just came in from the side, missed by Ginelli and the Dundee defender, and then it's like a fairly tame shot into the corner. Easy as that. Mm-hmm. Good start. Really, really important to go off to a good start. And I know that Robbie said that to to us when he was on our podcast, talking about the Dundee game, how he wanted a quick start. And you can want all you want, but a lot of the time you don't get that. So to get that was was vitally important. And I'm trying to think back. You commentated on most games when we won the championship in 2014-15. Did we start a lot of games quickly? Because that's something a lot of these teams maybe won't be used to. And uh, and when Hearts won that league, um, there was there was everything. There was a lot of goals that they scored. Um, I think it was 96 in total. But they started a lot of games quickly as well. And and if you're a team that isn't right there, if you're not 100% up to to speed, which clearly Dundee weren't, we saw that. Um, you have to be able to to take your opportunities nice and early, and then that can start things. And that's that's exactly what happened on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, without looking at stats, uh, I just I don't even remember. It wasn't like the Burley team where it was basically no. smash them first half and we always kind of died away. It was almost as constant in, in a lot of games. It was from, from start to finish. Teams just couldn't deal with us and we didn't really let up. I guess similar to that game in terms of... Oh, I know there was a period in the start of the, in the, start of the second half where um, it got a bit sluggish, but on the whole, it was a kind of overall performance which... I think we got in the championship. In fact, you know, I'll do. I'll, I'll play the. I'll, I'll play the goals because I keep forgetting. Okay, I'll, I'll play the goals from Friday night. Here we go, just to get my Dundee trolling commentary in there as well. Chinelli can't get there. Michael Smith in the area. Stabs it towards. What a goal for Hart! What a start for the Jambos. Not wasting any time. And Michael Smith back in the side. Oh, pick that one out your spam box there, Dundee. That's right in the bottom corner. No chance. For Jack Hamilton. No messing from the Jambos. Hard to middle of the M1. Dundee nil. And it's Michael Smith returning from international duty with his fourth goal in Maroon. 
Walker curls it in. Headed clear by Osman So. Ginelli 25 yards out. Goes for a goal. A lot of power in. Oh, what a finish! Josh Ginelli doubles Hearts lead. My goodness me. And that's a decisive finish from the unknown pressing man. Drilling it low to the bottom left. Jack Hamilton nowhere near it. And it's Hearts 2, Dundee nil. 25 minutes in. That's a fine way to open your account for your new club. Josh Ginelli on the score sheet. But Boyce will get the chance to make amends from 12 yards. Don't miss. Hearts with yet another penalty this season. Boyce steps up. Rolls it into the net. And Hearts restore that two-goal cushion. Liam Boyce with his first of the season. And he ends an eight-game competitive run for Hearts without a goal. Third overall for the club. Kingsley steps up. It's over the wall. Not a bad oh, effort. Oh, what a fine goal! My goodness me. And Dundee are taking a thumping here and we're not even at half-time. Wonderful strike from Stephen Kingsley into the top right-hand corner from the free kick from 25 yards. Oh, Dundee, Dundee. Heart of Midlothian 4. Dundee 1. Is justice being served here at Tincastle Park? Goodness me, I'm just saying to myself, whatever you do, there's only 30 seconds to go. Make sure you hit the target. Make sure you want the goalkeeper. My goodness me. Into the box to Roberts on the turn. Slips it to Kingsley, edge of the area. Left foot shot. Oh! It's another thumping finish from Stephen Kingsley. And that well and truly is game set and match. Stephen Kingsley at the double. And it's Hart to Midlothian 5, Dundee 2. Hearts now moving forward. Can they add another goal? Walker out to the left. Halliday. Left foot shot on the angle. Oh, it's number 6! Oh, Dundee feeling the pain now at Tynecastle. They're taking an absolute hammering from the Jambos. Andy Halliday thrashes that one in. And oh, that vote now for Dundee. They might be regretting it at this point because they've dragged Hearts down into this division and Hearts are making them pay. Andy Halliday smashes it home. Oh, read it and weep, James McPig. Hartman Lothian, six. The joy of six at Tynecastle. So there you go. That was... <laughs> I've just put the six Hearts goals because, you know, who cares about the two Dundee goals and we've, we've not got all night. You enjoyed that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> you can never get. You don't. You don't get all of it in the. Um, you don't get all of it in the commentary either. But I think at one point, I was just winding. I was just on the wind up so much. I think I said to Jimmy, I was like, we might have a complaint from Dundee Football Club if they ever hear this. And then I think I said, we wouldn't worry about it. Actually, the email would never get to us, so we'll be fine. Um, and then by the sixth goal in injury time before the end of the game, I was just giggling. It was just. It was just like glee. Couldn't help myself. It was just. It, it did feel amazing, like wasn't it? it did feel like karma. And before we got to the the other goals, I know I was I maybe went a bit overboard on Twitter afterwards, and there was a lot of Dundee fans took umbrage, and there's a lot of Dundee fans have favorited some of my tweets. So if we get pumped at Dense Park, yeah, you, I know, you're getting uh, you're getting a few responses, which is fine. You take that risk, but in a, to a degree, I was surprised at, at their reaction. Like they must have known how we felt, and. It, Okay, maybe I was talking about Dundee as a whole getting up them, and they're like, "Look, we hate John, uh, we hate Nelms as much as you guys do." 
But at the same time, well, you don't break it down and say, look, we're not directing this at certain people at Dundee. <laughs> we're only directing it at that one and that. You just you talk about it as a whole. The same way that if fans to Cumbridge and Budge, they're not going to say, look, well, we're not going to bitch about hearts. We're just going to specify it's her. That's just yes. how it works, isn't it? It, it? it is. And let me take you back to many occasions. Me and others have been banned from hearts, hibs, whatever, with the, the proviso, it's no use, son. It's your paper or it's your radio station or whatever. I got banned from Tyne Castle because of something Simon Stainrod said about Jim Jeffries' hearts um, when I was working for Scott FM, I think it was at the time. So you're, you're guilty by association. So we're not going to say, this is for you, John Nelms, but I'm so sorry to the Dundee fans that are listening here. We didn't really mean it for you, but it's for your club. At least they've got a, a little small crumb of comfort because a little bit of research, which is unusual for me. For this show, I do a lot for my commentary, but <laughs> for this, I'll leave it to you. Dundee did something on Friday night that no club was able to do when Hearts won the championship in 2014-15. What was that? Um, wasn't scored twice. because Yes, it was. It was. Hearts, conceded, Hearts conceded five goals at home. Wait, but but Falkirk beat us three two. Hold on, hold on. In the I hadn't finished the sentence. Okay. Comma in the first half of that season. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, clearly that was what's called a balls up by me. Quickly trying to put um, <laughs> my tracks because I noticed in the first half of that season, Hearts only conceded five goals at home. No team scored more than one, and I'm thinking. That was it. That was the end. Um, but, but it wasn't. There was a second half to that. There season. was. Yeah. The same Again, and Falkirk did score three and Rangers scored two. So, yeah, um, that was a, a wonderfully wasted <laughs> minute and a half it was. of a show. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, well, the second goal, um, 20, minutes, uh, 20 minutes after Hearts take the lead, corner half cleared, gets as far as Josh Ginelli. And a cracking hit, 25 yards out, no real backlift. Some people question, put some question marks on Jack Hamilton again. Possibly could have done better, but there's quite a few bodies in front of him, and I, I don't think he would have been expecting a shot with so much power from from where Ginelli picked it up. No, good goal. Um, playing the goalkeeper if you want. I, again, I've already gone over that. Said I didn't think he had a very good game. Uh, I don't think if opposition managers watch that game, which I'm sure they will, going forward. If the defenders do what they should do, you're not showing him inside onto his stronger foot. Charlie Adam does get a goal back six minutes later. Good goal. And it's it's a good finish, but like we're talking about, someone there must have been a conversation, right? Charlie Adam, you know him, great left foot, can hit it from, you know, within, not within 30, within 60 yards of goal, he can have a decent pop. Um, can't run though, just show him onto his right foot and close him down. Nope, pass one, two, three, almost four. He's in the box. I mean, Craig Gordon must have been fuming because he couldn't move for that. I was like, what are oh, you yeah. doing? He, he, the only thing he's got is a terrific left foot and he can shoot from anywhere within. <laughs> and you've just let him basically walk into the box. It was so annoying. It's one of those you're just like, ah. It reminded me of Rudy Scatchel, a Rudy Scatchel finish. The only difference being Rudy would never have picked it up that deep or run that far before scoring. He'd just <laughs> he be loitering been, at the edge of the box. He could have been arse running. That was 10 yards that, he moved for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that type of finish. Something about, ever since we, we were blessed by Rudy's arrival at Tynecastle and subsequent performances over two spells, any kind of powerful left foot finish with a little backlift just 
just brings back memories of Rudy. Uh, it was a great finish, but attempts at tag, goodness me, um, that that would be something that uh, I'm sure Robbie, uh, Gordon Forrest and Lee McCulloch would have worked on with the players as if to say, if you're making a tackle, don't just go, eh, it's like, oh, I don't want to get dirty in the playground. That's what it was like. It was just on you go. Come on, it got to be better than that. Thankfully, Hearts restored their two-goal advantage uh, seven minutes later. Um, and it's a bit of a get-out-of-jail here for Liam Boyce because he, he gets the ball about 15 yards from goal with plenty of room to shoot. And he makes an arse of it, to be fair, because he slips and the ball's going miles wide. And yeah. his get-out-of-jail is from the very generous uh, Jordan Marshall, who comes sliding in with his hands above his head and... Um, makes no I guess after all the dubious penalties in recent matches we've talked about absolutely no doubt about that one no and you wondered with um, I think it's pretty clear that Jamie's are uh, not Jamie Jamie was the first choice penalty taker when Liam Boyce was away I think Craig White was clear (laughs) well there's the thing Jamie missed then Whiten um, but he wasn't on the pitch. Boyce is your number one penalty take, and he, he slots it away home. But you're right; it was a, it was an an inopportune slip. Do you know with penalties, this often something I think about when you hear it from commentators sometimes talking about Liam Boyce's penalty is a bad penalty if Jack Hamlin goes the right way because he just oh, rolls. all. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I just I hate sometimes when you hear oh great penalty and you look at the replay. I'm like, well. He, he's, you can maybe say he's had the confidence to think the keeper's going to commit to one direction, but um, you know you saw last night, or I don't know if you did actually, um, uh, Bruno Fernandez. Did I just remember? Just forget his name there, Man United. That's his name, Bruno That's Fernandez. His name. It just he does that stupid R skip. I want him to miss every time he takes a penalty, and he took a he took a, a crap one, and Kaylor Navas Navas was encroaching, so it was rightly. Um, retaken but there's not much difference with some penalties it's like well if the keeper went the wrong way you probably would have said it was a great penalty a lot of analysis about a goal that's scored from 12 yards um, and then I the just, goals are better after that I know I just I just oh, find it's penalties great. it's one of these things where if you people talk about a good penalty sometimes like well he was kind of lucky that the keeper actually didn't move that direction well, it's up to the goalkeeper a good penalty is one that finds the back of the net the best goals in the game what after that? Well, I know some players just smack it down the middle and hope that the keeper moves. It's so fine. It's, it's fine. It's I know I'm, I'm I'm delaying on a penalty. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, I thought there was no way that anything <laughs> following that ridiculous question, which had the wrong answer about five <laughs> minutes ago, anything could be as bad as that in the rest of the thing. And you've just overanalyzed something I, that, to be I honest, know, is boring as hell. I'm sorry. I I, I thought it's just penalties. Uh, it's just a little niggle of mine. Um, just get it in the side net. So it doesn't matter. No, what? No, stick it the wrong way. Keeper dives one way. Just do your little jumpy thing. Oh, your jumpy no, jump. Piss off! I hate that stupid little skip thing. It's um, allowed as long as it's I know, not I'm right not saying it's not allowed. I just think it's pointless. The I think faint, it actually the takes... faint is not allowed before just before you kick the ball. The faint is allowed in the run up, and that is from the letter of the law. See, you've got me involved with my pedantry and everything like that. I want to talk about Kingsley's sorry, sorry, goggles. okay, right. Added time, first half, we get a much better goal. It's it's a set piece again, uh, twenty five yards out, right angle, and I mean if we, if we, if we could question Jack Hamilton at the goals we spoke about before, you certainly couldn't at this. That was a, a beautiful finish from Stephen Kingsley. 
He said in his post-match interview, um, when asked if he'd been practicing, he said he took two in training. One hit the bar and one went in. And he's, it's like when you hit a good shot on the, on the golf range, which I did once in about 1996. Um, you, you kind of, if you've hit a few and then you hit a good one, you're like, oh, okay, that's it. That's the one I'm going to hit on the, on the course. It doesn't always work like that. But then Robbie was talking about that. He said, yeah, he stays behind and he practices them. And I love that. And he, he's, so many people have said he's such a nice kid as well from a, a, a nice family and just desperate to do well um, for, for Hearts because he's, he's, he's delighted that he's got the opportunity. Um, he was apologetic to Falkirk and thankful because he was obviously training for them. And I, I believe he played in a bounce game for Falkirk against Hearts. But this, is, this kid's a player. He, yeah. he, he really is a player and he, he solves a problem for us down that left-hand side. But to add a set-piece threat, that's, that's important. Indeed. So half time, Hearts are four one up, and that 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 point where no, we're really rubbing our hands together. This is let's let's do them. Let's really rub salt in the wounds and enact our revenge. It, maybe it's somewhat inevitable then that the second half was pretty sluggish for twenty minutes at least. Do you think is that just yeah. what? foot naturally goes off the pedal possibly but we were just very disjointed at the start of the second or or am I not giving Dundee the credit they deserve because I thought when they scored in the 68th minute which had a bit of fortune about it the way the ball fell to Danny Mullen although it's a nice finish I said in commentary I thought that was coming at the time yes there's something about one-sided games when a score a cricket score is on the way to being built up the worst thing that can happen in a game is halftime whistle for the team that's that's scoring. It's very difficult to maintain a momentum uh, against a side that are on the ropes because what that halftime whistle does that's that's the bell, that's the the the, the ninety seconds, the two minutes, the fifteen minutes in in football where you can regroup, where you get a shouting at, or you get reorganised by your manager. And it's it's very difficult because Hearts were very good in the first half, but Dundee were awful, and Dundee changed shape. Um, they made changes as well um, by taking off Osman So, and and they looked better. They they had a period in the game where um, they were on top and they had one or two chances. But it's, it's a combination of things. There's a complacency element as well from the team that's that's comfortably ahead. Um, you, you could argue as well. I mean, the song it should have been ten. Hearts did they take their foot off the pedal when they were five one up against Hibs? Well, they Probably did. They did. Paolo, yeah. Paolo said that. Of course they did. Of course they did. So, I I, I think even if Hearts had maintained um, the level that they were at, I don't even think it's as much Hearts dropping off that much. I think it was just an improvement in Dundee because mm-hmm. a they couldn't be much worse, but b they got the shit together and they were they were better at the start of the second half. So, Robbie knows that. All managers know that. You're you're going to get a response. Um, from from a, a, an opposition who are who are behind and 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 we saw that. Um, but thankfully, it didn't take uh, it didn't take too long before uh, before we ended up with with more goals. No, the changes helped. Uh, the likes of Haring and, and Halliday coming on, and yeah, Hearts managed to add some gloss to the scoreline in the last six minutes. Uh, six minutes to go. Jordan Roberts with a layoff, and if. Stephen Kingsley's first shot was, you know, cultured, well placed. Uh, the second one was just pure power, wasn't it? He just got his boot right through this, and it just flies in. 
It reminds me of a, a story going back to Radio 4 days when we were commentating. And I can't remember for the life of me what game it was. It was myself and Craig Patterson. And it was a stunning goal. It was an absolute Exocet missile. And I've made the, I've done the commentary and then Craig obviously sums it up afterwards and he goes, what an arsehole winder that was. <laughs> and I think you and I have mentioned the old arsehole winder on this show so, before. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can never be mentioned enough times. It was a proper arsehole winder from, um, from uh, our left-back Stephen Kingsley. I think when we discussed the merits of that word the last time, and Craig, Craig's, that's like Craig, you can't, you can't use that. He's just, ah, but I remember when my dad played back in the forties and fifties, there was a fair few of them scored. I was like, yeah, Craig, but it's the nineties now, and we've we've moved on slightly. Have, have we moved on to a thunder bastard? Is that what they're called now? Oh, you could definitely go with that. Happy with that. Yeah. Happy with that. And it I was, know, it was. A a belter, which put Hearts 5-2 ahead. And then in the final minute, Jamie Walker breaking forward for Hearts, lays it off to Andy Halliday. It's a tight angle. And I have to say, it's kind of a reverse almost of the first goal. I thought Jack Hamilton was looked really poor when I initially saw it. I thought he could have done a lot better. And you know, maybe he still could have, but when I saw the replay from the other side of the pitch... Um, it's actually a really good strike by Andy Halliday. It kind of looked like it went through Hamilton and the, the main TV camera, the wide angle. But when you see it from the side, he actually manages to curl it right into the side net. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually a terrific finish. It was. If there was one downside to, to the game, and this is, this is me being you know, very childish, is Danny Mullen's goal. Because at 4-1, I thought, just give me one more. Just give me one more. We heard Ryan McGowan come on our show and talk about McPaik um, and how he, he rubbed it in when they both ended up at Dundee and the 5-1. And always oh, forget the 5-1 in the cup final. If you were given the choice 6-2 or 5-1, everyone's taking the 6-2 because you score more goals. On this instance, I would have loved it to be in 5-1. And I, was, I was like, oh, God. But Danny Mullen pulled one back to make it 4-2. You're like, oh, it's ruined it. It's out the window. It, it, it did. But we were clinical near the end. That's what, that's yeah. what I admired. Nice to see another 20 minutes for Peter Haring. Um, Randy Halliday, obviously no Naismith, which understandable. There's no point in risking him if he wasn't 100%. Why no. would you do that? Um, Whiting got the last 15. Haring got the last 20. And and Halliday got the last 15 as well. He'll be a good signing for us, Andy Halliday. Oh, Halliday. definitely. Really, yeah. really like him. Him and King, we have signed really well. Craig Gordon, Stephen Kingsley, Andy Halliday, really good signings. Popescu, if he can live up to the hype when he... When he first signed, uh, yeah, we'll, we've we've done well because a lot of talk over the last couple of years, rightly so, maybe even more so than two years, about uh, how Hearts in the transfer market have not done well. They've they've hit one or two, but the rest have been misses. I think the majority of our summer signings, if and I know it's a small sample size so far, but if they can continue with what we've seen, I think we'll finally uh, have done well in uh, in the transfer window again. Yeah, I want to talk about that a bit more in, in just a moment, actually. But you mentioned James McPake, so 6-2 full-time. Um, and I, I looked at James McPake's record before the game. So he, he's played against Hearts when he was playing 13 times for Livy, for Hibs, for Dundee. Didn't win a single competitive game against the Jambos. Lost 5-1 in a cup final when he was captain. That was uh, also his fourth game as a manager against Robbie Nielsen, as First as a manager against Hearts. Four games against Robbie Nielsen. Lost three, drawn one, uh, not won a single one. And he's now lost 6-2 twice Ooh. against Robbie Nielsen because 
he got absolutely pumped in the Dundee Derby by the manager last campaign in the first meeting. So he must hate the sight of both Robbie and Hearts. Poor old James McPake. I say poor, but you know, get it right up here. All credit to him in his post-game interview. Um, he was asked. Didn't watch it. <laughs> you're, too, you're already on the. I was too busy on, on Twitter winding up, wind oh. up Dundee fans. And I, I admit I did a bit of that. No, not so much to wind up. It was just little slide digs. And you got it. quoted by um, Mr. Patillo on Scotsman. You know that I did. Yeah, did I? Yeah, on the hearts might live to regret all the wind up of Dundee. Really? Yeah. Was this in a? Was this a post? Was this a Saturday piece or was this a reflective piece um, in the SOS? Or uh, ref- yeah, just a reflective one. They've got to fairly churn them out at the moment. I know that. Oh, um, okay. Alan Patillo. Uh... Okay, here it is. So um, Hearts tweet after thrashing Dundee could return to haunt them, and it, it's obviously referring to Hearts' main tweet, which is the "How's it started? How's it going?" <laughs> meme. Which, uh, if you've not seen it, then you know. I'm not going to go into it, uh, but within it, uh, let's see uh, where is it. Ba 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 ba. Hearts fans are well within the rights to have sport at the expense of Dundee's feeble performance, and many did. Stephen Kingsley's free kick strike for Hearts' fourth goal prompted an amusing comment from former Hearts TV commentator Mark Donaldson. <laughs> Seems that getting something past the Dundee firewall is not so difficult after all. He wrote. I was proud of that one. Yeah. Well. It got to the Scotsman, just just so you're aware. <laughs> I like how you're not ESPN commentator, like former host. You know, you know, it's like where they have that stretch of um of of trying to link something to the Celtic and Rangers. Former Celtic man Aaron Hickey joins Bologna. Yes, yeah, so it, it it was like um, uh, what was it? Local uh local hotelier um, in race for presidency. <laughs> Like with the Troon Gazette, yes, um, or the Tunbury Gazette, um, yeah, it was it was amusing, and he, there's a time where you think, is this going to come back to bite me? Friday night was one of those I don't care. Do you want it to does. one tweet? Take, I'll, take it. I got one tweet. See you at Dance Park, you prick. And, um, I was honestly, I was so tempted to just save it because. I know when I go to Dens, it's very likely there won't be anyone there. And just reply no. on that day with the uh, John Travolta um, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. You know the meme where he's looking around like, where? <laughs> where, where is everyone? <laughs> but I, I won't. I normally think... I wouldn't do that. Not normally, And normally you wouldn't do that. No, either. neither would I. And I said that. I'm not usually antagonistic and I kind of liked no. it. And the club wouldn't Every... normally do either. You know, no, they would. No, the it was just it, it, was, uh, it was a perfect stop. Yeah, it was. Anyway, let's move on. So I, I just want to quickly talk about something that you, you touched on there, which you're talking about the signings um, and how it, on paper, oh God, on paper again, not just on paper, but based on the, the, the small sample size, you said, uh, looked to be very good. And I was thinking about it the other day and we, we touched upon it briefly in a recent podcast. We've got such... A really good, uh, such good strength and depth. I think this season, and it's uh, for football manager players like me, as in pretending we know what we're doing with football management. I always want to try and sign. I always like to sign two players in every position, so you have your first choice and someone who could step in 
and cover. Not necessarily as good as the first choice, but if most of your team is there, they'll do a job. And if you look at like a 4-2-3-1, because that's what I wrote down, not a 4-3-3, you look through the team and you can you can see that all over the pitch. You know, goalkeeper, Craig Gordon, and you've also got Ross Stewart. Right back, you've got Michael Smith. You've also got Jamie Brandon. Left back, Stephen Kingsley. AD White backup. Two centre-back positions, you've got Halkett and Suter, and you've also got Popescu and Berra. And, given that two of those are injured, you've got Michael Smith and Stephen Kingsley, who can both step in and have both done so already for Hearts. Centre midfield, Peter Haring and Lee for one centre midfield position. Andy Halliday, Andy Irving for another. That quartet could all be used in different ways in different games. Right side midfield, attacking midfield, Ginelli, Moore, left side, Roberts, Freer, attacking midfield, the number 10, Jamie Walker, Stephen Naismith, up front, Liam Boyce and Craig Whiten now with goals. And none of that covers Harry Cochran, Loic de Moore, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that, Bobby Slamal, Ewan Henderson, oh, Scott McGill, or those who are currently out on loan. I mean, Robbie Nielsen's playing a blinder of a game of Football Manager 2020 right now. He is. <laughs> that's on paper. Um, yeah, that's all we we can only go on, on paper in a handful of games, so that's, that's what we've got to work with. We we have enough. We have more than enough. And if we underperform, then we, we're in trouble. If we perform as expected, we'll be fine. Um, it's when you were talking about uh, Peter and Lee in the middle of the park, Peter Haring and Ollie Lee. Uh, for the teenagers among you that would remember the folk duo um, back in 1973 with the number one hit, <laughs> Welcome Home. There you go. What was it? Was it the fast show with the smoking jacket? <laughs> nice. nice. We should have a team that will comfortably have enough strength and enough depth to to win that championship. And I know it's famous last words; these things can come back to bite you. But come on, if that team can't comfortably win that division, there's something going wrong. And obviously, COVID could play a part. But yeah, that's the only thing that should stop. I'm always wary of kind of taking the, the kind of whether it's a moral high ground or or doing these tweets afterwards, uh, games like that, or saying well, what could possibly go wrong. It's hard. We'll find a way to 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 screw things up um, if given an opportunity. So just don't give us any opportunities. This is this is an opportunity now for Hearts to do what they did in 2014-15 to put a marker down, and then next year um, back in the in the Premier League. Um, then, then see what happens. And I get there's, there, we have been through too much over the last few years. There's been a lot of misery there. And I un- totally understand people saying, oh, just don't talk about next year. Let's just see if we can get through this year. I totally understand the glass half empty, um, approach because that's what being a Hearts fan is like. Let's deal with, let's enjoy this because everyone I know who's a Hearts fan really enjoyed their season in the championship. My mum and dad, um, sent me a message after the game. They watched it, um, I think, on the BBC Scotland channel. Uh, I know you were broadcasting as well. I'm aware of that. I'm sure you did very well. <laughs> but they were like, oh, it's, it's such a relief. It's I'd forgotten what that feeling was like to enjoy a game again, to play some nice football. If it goes tits up, it goes tits up. Let's not worry about things we have no control over. It's very rare as a heart supporter that we can look forward to games knowing that we're favourites and expected to win. There's going to be there's going to be holes in the road and bumps in the road. I, I get that, but let's try and take a positive. It doesn't happen very often for us. Let's try and take the positive approach 
um, going into the games this season rather than, oh, what could possibly go wrong? We've had enough of that as Hearts supporters over the last few years. Just enjoy this ride. If it goes tits up, well, Robbie won't be there next season. Um, a lot of the players won't be there next season if we're still in the championship and we've played all 27 games. COVID, hopefully it doesn't get worse. Hopefully we can conclude all 27 games and hopefully we can enjoy them. Because if it's as good as it was back in 2015, um, five years on or six years on, then I'm up for that. Bring it. Okay, next up for the Jambos, a uh, Friday night game once more. And this time it's... Uh, 80-mile trip up the coast to Angus and the home of the Arbroath Smoky as well as the Red Lichties. Why are they called that, Mark? The Red Lichties are called that because the Hearts TV commentator, Laurie Dunsire, <laughs> is about to explain. <laughs> I, I remember I actually did a programme article once when... I used to actually bother writing them about all the different nicknames in Scottish football, but um, it's it's the northeast dialect out there, red licht, red light, red um, light, and it's due to that. It's, it's, <laughs> that would that the would same, be <laughs> the same naughtiness that you get when you go to Arbroath. You just don't get the uh, the brown to go with it. Oh dearie me! We wait to see the the ladies of the night at Arbroath. Um, I wouldn't recommend that, no, not from personal experience or anything. God, how have I gone down this rabbit hole? Um, due to the, it's due to the light that used to guide the fishing boats back from the North Sea into the harbour, um, and many theorise that it was uh, from the red lamp that was lit by the monks of Arbroath Abbey, which was uh, the reason for the the red colour. So, so there you go. I just sort of throw a little fact in there, um, as well as the fact that Gayfield is apparently closer to the sea than any other ground in Europe. Yeah, um, and the, 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 I was going to say splashback, but maybe that's not the right term. Oh God, where are we going tonight? <laughs> uh, the the, the <clears throat> mist and everything from the sea, yeah, can 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 hit the play. I mean, you, you could get a proper blowy day um, at our bro. I love the fact. <laughs> Jesus, proper blowy stop it! Stop it! We're, oh, come on, stop it, please. Stop. Okay. There can't be stop. There cannot be many opponents that Hearts have played or are about to play where the last time we played a competitive fixture at their stadium was more than 41 years ago, because that's the last time Hearts played on the first day of the 1979-80 season. Hearts played up at Arbroath. We've played them since at home, but we've not played a competitive game at Gayfield since that first game of the season when Cammy Fraser and Malcolm Robertson, who got the winner with a minute to go, um, gave Hearts a 2-1 win in the old First Division. Uh, we did play them in a friendly in 1985-86 up there. Uh, we played them in a friendly well. in 2018 when Aidan Keena and Ross Callaghan scored. Yeah, but you can use that. You can have that one. That's a, that's that's a, a good one. I, I would have had that prepped because London Hearts is um, is Very fantastic. It would <laughs> be a nightmare if I have to commentate on other teams because not everyone has London Hearts. Uh, but no, it's it, it, it's a good point. It's it's some good stats. It's a ground I actually, I'm, I'm very fond of it, despite the fact I grew up with a um, affinity to Montrose as my kind of lower league team, and they're obviously arch well, rivals. Have you, uh, you seen Hearts play there? Were you at the friendly in 2018? I've not seen Hearts play there, but I've been there quite a few times for other games. Um, I, I saw a terrific Montrose Scottish Cup replay win in January 2001, when a certain Andy Webster started for our broth actually um but it, it can get absolutely freezing there and it's meant to be a 
awful night on Friday, I hear. So I know people were saying I'm the fortunate one to be going to it, but yeah, let's wait and see what it's like when I'm at Gayfield on Friday night. But this is going to be a tough one, though. Um, you know, Dick Campbell, old school, wily, knows his stuff. Um, he's in his 60s now. I think he claims he's been in the dugout over 1,300 games, although um, the stats on the internet would suggest otherwise. Maybe he's including friendlies and training sessions. I don't know. But they're going to be a, a tough one to, to beat because you look at them last season. Best defensive record in the league apart from Dundee United. Um, fifth place when the season was called. So they're not going to be an easy side to break down you'd imagine be very well organized and last season they only lost three home league games and again only Dundee United bettered that this will be a game where if we're not up for it we could uh, we could struggle we're, we have, we'll have the better players but how do these better players cope if you've got opposition in their face because I, I guarantee you you'll not see as insipid a display from our broth as they put on at Wraith Rovers um, where they, they kind of they, they moved over and got their tummies tickled and lost three nil on the first day. This is a this is a perfect Dick Campbell game. Um, yeah. Underdogs, big boys in town. I can. I mean, there'll be a lot of F's and F's and C's and all sorts of bleeping going on. Mainly from Dick Campbell. <laughs> that, no, and his pre-match. That's that'll be exactly what it is. Um, these these Billy Big Balls and all that. That that'll all take place. Who, who do they think they are? I coming up here with their their fancy cars and their. That other posh gear and all that—that's what he's like. He'll, he'll he'll wind up his players. He'll have his players thinking that it's a cup final for them. Um, we've got to match that because I I wouldn't be surprised in the first ten minutes if an Arbroath player is booked. I think that'll be their approach. It'll be a kind of hey, you think you're the you think you're the the big boys, eh? Well, welcome to Gayfield. Boom, and then we'll see what happens after that. So. If Hearts can play around them and, and, and beat the press and, and be smart and, and play to their capabilities, we should be fine. But I think they've got to, they've got to be ready for a, a torrid opening 10 minutes because he'll have them, he'll have them climbing the walls before they come out, Dick Campbell. Yeah. <clears throat> they beat Sterling and Montrose in the Betfred Cup, lost narrowly to Ross County in the same competition. They did lose 3 0 to Wraith at the weekend. By all accounts, maybe wasn't as, as comfortable a win as, as that suggested. But 3-0, um, a disappointing start. But at home, a tough night, you know, if the weather is bad. You know, it all favours them making it a difficult game. And, the, you know, they got a lot of lower league regulars in their side. You know, recognise the likes of Gavin Swanky and Bobby Lynn. Chris Doolin um, on their books now. And Jason Thompson, former yep, Hearts right player as well, right back. So they'll be well organised. They'll be up for this. And that's not to say that you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Hearts... Settle early, get an early goal. It's a game they could comfortably win, but it's one of those where if they don't get that goal early, if they get frustrated and, you know, you know, God forbid they go behind, it can just turn into a really tough night. So in some ways, that game is just as difficult, if not more difficult, than playing the Dundee side at Tynecastle. I think Dundee took care of itself. Yeah. Um, I, I think everything just worked in Hearts' favour. They hadn't played that. March, uh, we were flying out the traps. We, we've got to do that to to our broth. This this is a this is one of the, this will be probably one of Hearts toughest away games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They'll have nothing to lose. Their first home game, and there's a way to beat that. Of course there is. Um, you play smart. You don't get involved. They'll try and niggle. They'll they'll try and intimidate uh, as, as far as doing whatever Dick Campbell has 
plan for them, looking for a reaction. Just don't give them a reaction. Just play smart. Hearts do that, they'll be fine. But just be prepared for an onslaught at the beginning of players that are just like um, Captain Caveman from back in the day. <laughs> what do you fancy then? Do you, do you want to make a bold prediction for this game? Not really a bold one. I think Hearts will win 2-1. Or just a prediction. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think back. I actually haven't listened to last week's podcast yet. I normally do before um, before the following weeks, but I've not had the opportunity yet, so I can't remember how accurate or not we were with our predictions last uh, last week. I know we both predicted victories. We didn't. Like, we didn't see the scoreline. We both said comfortable victories. Um, oh, I think I went white into score first. I don't think anyone said Michael Smith. So, yeah. um, I think this we, is one yeah. probably Hearts. I think Hearts will win, but I don't think it'll be as as easy as as some people think. Cool. Okay. Well, let's hope there is at least a, a, a decent and comfortable victory to talk about what next week. For? I'm going to go for two nil. Okay. I think um, I think they'll be difficult to break down. Um, it won't be a you know batter them, but we'll be comfortable. I think we'll keep them at arm's length, not be too troubled at the back, but not get more than two. I'll take that. I'll take that. Nope. Who was the last Hearts goalkeeper between the sticks in a competitive game at Arbroath? A competitive game at Arbroath? Oh, God, no idea. You said it was, what, 1980 or something? 79. Oh, no idea. It was the man who replaced my uncle at Dundee, Thompson Allen. He was 32 years old at the time, and the captain was Jim Jeffries. Thompson Allen in the goal, Jim Jeffries, Aye. Ian Black, Daddy Black, Daddy Colin Black. Moore. <laughs> Um, Frank Little, Bobby Robinson, Willie Gibson, Cammy Fraser, Derek O'Connor, Laurie Tierney, and Malcolm Robertson. A young 21-year-old, unused, on the bench, by the name of Walter Kidd. You've got to like someone with a surname as their first name. And first name is their surname. Thompson Allen. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this I don't want to end on a down, down note, but the number 10 for our broth that day. Are you asking me? I'm, going, I'm just waiting on a, a pause to try and build it up because no one's going to know. I wouldn't have known. No, nope. uh, yeah. The number, t- the number ten that day for our broth was Albert Kidd. Oh God. <laughs> right. So we'll speak next week. Um, hopefully, after a comfortable win against our broth, and we can preview the Scottish Cup semi-final. Mm. We'll have a special guest next week, too. Mm. Ah. Indeed, indeed. We'll see you next time. Look forward to that. Bye-bye. Hello, Arbro's Terrorist Information Office. How may I help you? All right, pal. I'm coming up to Arbro's and I was wondering uh, if you could tell me a little bit about that. Certainly. I'll just put you on hold. Welcome to Arbo, you might accidentally get killed. Spoon sent Oxton's bar.
Charlie's pie Bob switches Gayfield Let's avoid Mayfield Eat till you're sick at the chip shop Boopie You better be quick or you might get roofied You can find love down by the sea But one in three have an STD Mugged on the street as we gin a treat I know some nez you can steal shoes from your feet Welcome to Argo You might accidentally get killed You might accidentally get killed Half the tunes got Puerto Rican eyes And half the tunes on a diet of pies Berry pickers working on the farms Salty junkies with needles in their arms The kids at school on a rowdy bunch Chips and cheese and some bubbles for lunch The harbour's dirty and full of boats We're the best band in town cause we hit the right AFC on a barrel of glass The bout is good as a cake from Ashtas Locals of our grove weren't born they spawned From a cesspit known as Kepty Pond The meat out of bins, we've got to buy chins They're overweight and they wobble round the Abbey Gate Once you've been you'll never be back You're probably safer living in Iraq Welcome to our broth You might accidentally get killed You might accidentally get killed Welcome to our broth You might accidentally get killed You might accidentally get killed Let's make our broth our broth We put the anus in anger Sorry for the wait, but uh, the cliffs are quite nice. It's down there, mate. All right, it's down there. What did he say? Uh, he said the cliffs are quite nice. Oh, that sounds magic. Chantel, get your granddad. <laughs>